0: Okay, ladies and gentlemen, got one for you today. Here we go. We're back in the groove. We're doing the podcast called, called Sweet Meats and Potatoes in Castroville." Sweet Meats and Potatoes in Castroville. Sweet Meats. That's not one we use a lot. Sweet Meats sounds like a combination of uh, maybe a donut and a hot dog. A hot dog donut might be called a sweet meat. Well, this is some... Terminology of the old days. Sweet meats just kind of meant good food. If you were eating sweet meats, oh, that was good stuff. We got two guys, two gentlemen in Castroville, Texas, down by San Antonio. They've been on work detail in Texas and they get to go in and have a nice sit down meal. They've been living in tents, more or less. Nah, not more or less. They've been living in tents. You wonder. What would two guys talk about? These two guys are significant in history. Don't let me kid you. They talked maybe about their home state of Virginia. Both men stationed in Texas were from Virginia. They might have talked a little about the recent war. There was a little war with Mexico before these guys got together in Texas. Likely what came up is a discussion about doing what's right, living a noble life doing the honorable thing, because both of these guys lived a life that is pretty much one way to look at it is they just did what was right. They looked at the situation, what's right, not what's best for them, and they did the noble thing. Well, this is September the 13th, 1856, so you know it's pretty warm in Texas, and the two guys are one you're familiar with, Robert E. Lee, and the other is George Thomas. Now, you may not have heard of him as much, but these two guys are working together. They're military men. They're going to Gulf Texas. They're not enjoying it. They've done some work with Indians, uh, kind of keeping the Indians in place. They've done a bunch of court-martial work that they don't like doing much at all. And they finally get to Castroville. They get to enjoy a nice meal. And I just like to think about what were they talking about, these two guys, and how their lives were going to change and yeah, the relationship to what they did for each other and how much they meant to each other and what ended up happening. One of the things that's a contrast is uh, Thomas ends up in the north. And, of course, you know Lee ends up in the south. They're both from Virginia, and it's kind of interesting how they decide those things. But it's also interesting, Lee ends up in the north, I mean in the south, Thomas ends up in the north, and we never really have any discussion from Thomas that condemns slavery. Never do you have a situation where he articulates his strong belief that slavery is wrong, was wrong, should have been wrong, is wrong after the war. You just don't have that. And he was indeed a slave owner. Um, I don't think he had a lot of slaves, and he wasn't belligerent. There's no evidence that he was mean to his slaves. You know, it was specifically brutal or something. But then you got Lee, who fought for the South, who actually we do know. He gave up his slaves freedom and sent them back to Africa well before the war. And he articulated more than once. To his wife, he said slavery is wrong. And his idea was that it was worse for the white man than it was for the black man. And then after the Civil War, he said, I'm glad that it's accomplished. I'm glad that the slaves are free. I would have wanted that. That was always something that I thought was good. It's kind of interesting to think about those contrasts. But they're both really interesting in that they militarily do what's right as far as careers go. They are not so much interested in what's going to be the greatest thing for them personally. Uh, Lee was offered by Lincoln through Winfred Scott the, I guess, generalship of the entire Northern Army, and Lee couldn't take it. He couldn't do it. He couldn't fight against his own people. But Thomas, on the other hand, who I believe had married a Northern woman, had no problem deciding. He was in the Union Army, the Confederates split off, and he's still in the Union Army. And so he takes his place there. Both guys came up with completely different responses there, but I think both of them were caught with honor. The honorable thing to do. And Lee told people when he decided that he could, he had to stay with the South, he more or less said, if somebody else decides they got to stay with the North, I really can't fight with that. It's a personal decision, and it's a tough call to make. Well, the interesting thing to me is that we all know Lee is the great general of the South. Uh, they eventually lose the war, but nobody ever says they lost because Lee was incompetent. A lot of people see Lee as one of the greatest generals in that war, if not the greatest. But if there's a conflict between him being the greatest and somebody in the North being the greatest general, that general has to be, in my mind, George Thomas. Thomas is not, he's the, as someone once said, he's the greatest general that nobody knows. <laughs> Certainly, he was. Very instrumental. There are those who claim that if Lee had gone with the North, the war would have been over in less than a year. There are also those who claim if Thomas would have went with the South, the South would have won. Now, I don't know if I can go that far, but certainly George Thomas, the thing about him is you can make the claim and justify it fairly strongly that he was undefeated. If George Thomas said, let's do that, it succeeded. If George Thomas said, let's don't do that, it did not succeed. And one of the one of great... I'm not a big fan of Grant. I think Grant was an adequate general, and there are things about his character and personality that are good and noble and right. But overall, I don't think of him as that, be, that great of a guy. But one of the things that happens here is he gives Thomas the order to go up a hill to the rifle pits, and then stop there, and then he has plans for Sherman to take the day. But as Thomas gets up to that place with his military, he can see that stopping there is no good thing to do, and so he goes on up and has a fantastic success. Uh, According to Benson Broberg, who wrote the book that I read, uh, this was The Most Spectacular and Successful Union Assault of the War. And this is at Chattanooga. And Grant, he's a big fan of Sherman, not so much a fan of Thomas. Thomas was offered uh, an advancement, and he more or less said, no, I can't take it. Rosencrantz has got a good idea. Let's give him one more chance. And I'm not sure if you're wanting to advance. That's a good way to behave. And he probably knew that. But anyway, that kind of kept him from getting promoted. And then he got even more on Grant's bad graces from this, where he actually kind of, in a way, maybe showed him up. But then, beyond that, this was a really important battle. But then Nashville, this is really funny. Because here, the Nashville battle has started. And Grant has decided he is going to relieve Thomas of command. Okay, Grant's going to relieve Thomas of command, and he gives the relief, re- relief letter to Stanton, Secretary of War, and Stanton has the, the forethought to hold on to it for a couple of days just to maybe see what happens in Nashville. What happens is one of the most perfect battles ever fought, they say. Some would claim that... George Thomas at Nashville was a perfect generalship, perfect, no mistakes, that it is one of the two most perfect battles in all of history. The other one was fought by Napoleon. Now, that's an amazing claim, even if it's not even close. It's amazing. Why don't we know about this George Thomas? What happened? Well, as you know, Grant and Sherman wrote memoirs. Sherman pretty much flat-out lied in his, and Grant kind of misremembered a couple of times. But Thomas didn't do any of that. He kind of let his, what he had done, stand on its own. Well, I'm not here to, to run down Grant and Sherman. Certainly they have their their good things, but it's amazing how much Thomas has been overlooked. And if you start looking at it, Uh, This is not controversial. You know, there's nobody that says, nah, he wasn't a good general. He was. He was. He was very, very successful. But Grant didn't much care for Thomas. And Thomas didn't write his memoirs. And, of course, after the memoirs were written, it took decades before real historians started digging back in and saying, you know, this George Thomas. He's the guy. He's the man. But it's interesting to me that you got these two guys who respect and admire each other eaten in Castroville in 1856. Ten years' time is going to change their lives dramatically. It's going to be a huge change in the country as well. It's just funny to me how history sometimes shows the good guys, and they're really not so good. And people who left get left out from the historical discussion are sometimes some of the most compelling, interesting, and fascinating people like George Thomas. So here's two guys, one that gets known, and maybe he gets known a little more for the bad that he did than the good, and that would be Lee. And another who did great, but nobody knows anything about him, George Thomas. And I like the idea of guys who did what was right, did the noble thing regardless of what in what what the outcome was in history. And I see Lee and Thomas as two of those guys, two guys from Virginia, who may have learned it in Texas. You know, they're wandering around in Texas, hot, looking at mesquite trees. Maybe that's where they got their greatness. Maybe that's where they developed that noble attitude of doing the right thing. And maybe all us Texicans will learn all that, too. Hey, read a good book and try something new. Oh, wait, 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 wait. And... Eat your Brussels sprouts.